Welcome to A Creative Affair, and you're here with Len Metcalf and Bree Stockwell for another fascinating episode. Well, we hope it's fascinating. We, we definitely have a lot of fun recording these. And today, we're going to talk about the muse. When does the muse show up? What does it feel like when it's there? How do we know when we found the muse? How do we even find a muse? And uh, what even is a muse? These are really interesting questions that are flowing around in, in my head. And uh, I'm very, very interested about the muse. Abri, does, does the muse ever show up for you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I told Lynn, here's what I said. He said he was going to throw me in the deep end. And here's the thing is, I'm like, I still feel like somehow new to this thought of create a creative muse, you know? Um, so I feel like I'd like, that's an interesting question. Does it show up for me? Like, do I have a muse? Is that, is that what you're asking me? Uh, well, can we, maybe we should just backpedal and that's okay. Yeah. And, um, what is a muse? What, what, what does that word mean to you, Brie? When, when I say, you know, does the muse show up? Let's not worry about whether they show up or not, but what does a, a muse mean? Okay. So I think, a, and we're talking about a creative muse, right? So I think this idea of a creative muse is something or someone that sparks your creativity that you feel really drawn to. I think it's one of those, a muse is one of those things that captivates you. You can't get enough of. That's when I think about, you know, you know, someone's muse, <laughs> you know, a lot of times it's like a woman in a painting or it could just be, you know, we've, we've seen painters do a variety of the same exact subject. You know, I know it's like, could like mm -hmm. be a study, but I think that's where people are inspired. Like I think about that episode that we did with about Georgia O'Keeffe and how she, for uh, at least a portion of her life, seemed to be, um, you know, Edward Weston's muse. You know what I mean? So there's all these beautiful photographs um, of uh, her, right? The romantic notion of a, a muse being this beautiful person that inspires you to create art uh, over them. That's what comes to your mind. Right. And it doesn't have to be, oh, that's what is, does come to my mind. It doesn't have to be necessarily, I don't think it has to be necessarily beautiful because it's just what we think. Like we, there's that trite saying, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder because you think about Georgia O'Keeffe and she would find all these bones. So the bones could be a muse. Right. Not necessarily a person. Right. And so she, and she found those really beautiful. And mm. I think that's, I think this idea of a muse is a really interesting concept because it's almost, it's almost like a feeling versus like a noun. <laughs> I love this. I love this. You're on the right track for me. Okay. All right. So person. good. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. I, I really do. I know. I think like for me, Gaia is a, a muse and that, you know, that's a personification of mother earth and, right. um, you know, nature is a muse, a, a beautiful tree is a muse. I'm, I'm going to backtrack a tiny bit further and, uh, point out that the, the term comes from, uh, uh, Greek and, um, ancient Roman mythology and, uh, they had gods, not one, but multiple gods that were the muses. And uh, 
this is mythology and their religion all mixed in together. And so they had ones for um, literature, arts, sciences, and uh, there's quite a pile of them actually. There's this, each one inspires something else. And then, so that's our history from the word at the beginning. And then what happened is that we actually started personifying the feeling that you're talking about, this uh, uh, inspiration from something. So we started personifying it and then the personification over time eventually became a person. And so today when we use the word, we actually strip the personification out, unfortunately, and turn it into uh, this artist had this muse and therefore they produced all this work about this person and isn't it so beautiful? And we have a very, very twisted view of what a muse is. And I think when you said it's, you know, is it a feeling? I think here's really the the magic of what a muse should be is that it's, a, it's about a, a, a internal bubbling of emotions that inspires you to do something uh, over something like, as you're saying, Georgie O'Keefe's picking up a bone in the desert going, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Um, and then she also obviously was interested in the spiritual heritage of that bone and the animal that was in there and the symbolism and what it meant to her. And also, you know, talking about our, our own mortality and, uh, how short our lives were and the planet and all those sort of things all get tied in from the inspiration that comes from the bone. So that object, um, inspires the muse to come from within. (laughs) I, That's right? a big breath I there. Sorry, I went on. <laughs> well, I think it's so interesting to understand kind of where this idea comes from, that it is all the way back from, you know, Greek and Roman mythology. And um, I actually pulled up a, just an article, but I love this kind of definition. It's a noun. It says the spirit or power that is thought to inspire or watch over And I I think it's this whole idea of inspiration, right? So inspire or watch over poets, musicians, artists, or scientists, or anybody else, right? That, you know, (laughs) wants inspiration. And uh, semicolon, the source of one's genius or inspiration. And that's kind of where I'm coming from, the source of one's genius or inspiration. I feel like when we have a muse, when we're saying that a muse is a noun, we're saying, I get a lot, I get a ton of inspiration from this. Like I think about for me going to, I know I've mentioned this a million times, but, um, probably so not enough. Uh, when I go to white sands national park, I feel like that park is my muse. I felt it from the minute I drove in there, mm. you know, having never mm. seen it before. And people are like, well, how, how many times can you photograph dunes? And I'm like, uh, unlimited <laughs> because <laughs> unlimited times, right? Because the thing is, is that when w- there is something that inspires us, that encourages our creative genius, then it, and it feeds us. It's like, it's like continuous feeding and fulfilling of our creative spirit. And I think when we, that's how maybe we know that something is our muse and we want to continue mm. to seek after that. So currently planning a trip there might even be on there by the time <laughs> this episode comes out. I don't know. So what do you think, Len? Well, it's interesting that it comes from um, uh, mythology and religion back in those times, because how we look at it today would 
very much depend on our our position and how and our beliefs. Uh, and so I could cite artists that believe that an, a, a muse is external and that they you know their dreaming comes in from external sources. And then I can also cite artists um, that say the muse is in you. And it, it, it rises from within you and it gets fed on this external energy uh, that comes in from other people. And we could even talk about the muse as being uh, an energy. And we have energy in us and we also take energy in from other things and then they combine and we end up with explosions and really beautiful things and uh, lots of mistakes, but hopefully beautiful art comes out of it. Can you make beautiful art without making some like, like, Bob Ross's happy accidents. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's that's all part of the process (laughs) for sure. Oh, it is. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, that's a wonderful thing for us to talk about. Well, we started talking about uh, all sorts of things there, but I really believe that the muse uh, lives within me Mm. and that uh, accessing it is accessing, like, let's just take a tree. Okay. Okay. The tree is going to give out the same amount of energy every day. Well, it's going to get better each day um, and it'll change depending how much sun comes out and how much rain it gets and how many nutrients. But, you know, what's it giving back like um, in terms of energy, oxygen that we breathe? And that's why they're sacred is that we breathe fresh air from their presence in our life. Now, on a spiritual level, I feel an energy coming from them and that's a spiritual sort of level. But from an artistic level... They inspire me. And I think the amount of energy coming out of them is the same. You know, obviously there's this seasonal variation and daily sort of sun thing variation, but the tree's actually quite constant. Mm. But how come some trees and some moments I get an incredible uplift of inspiration to make art with that tree? And the tree's the constant. So what's the what's the variable? It's me. And that variable is what's happening inside in my head and my intuition and that unconscious part of me, that subconscious bit that is going, you know, it's bigger than the bit that we um, sit in our consciousness, isn't it? It's huge under there. Something wells up in there. And to me, that's the muse. And uh, the, the, the tree's part of it. Like the tree's part of it, but the tree didn't have to do anything particularly special. It's just being there. And, uh, uh, I'm actually reacting to it, um, and if it's a person and I'm photographing people, well, then there's a there's also the reaction that they're feeding off me, and then we're feeding off each other, and that's another whole you know separate um, understanding of how that sort of muse, and that's where where the personification becomes a you know a, a much more tangible reality in the public's eyes. Oh, artist paints person. Um, therefore, it's a muse. So uh, I, I've been reframing this in my own mind quite a lot lately and I've been thinking about, well, where does the energy come from? And for me, and this fits in with my belief system, that it's it's coming from within, you know. It's this incredible source and it's coming from in. And, of course, I'm taking inspiration and energy from everything else around me, but the synthesis and the the acting to do something with it is an incredibly internal process. And I think that's where, you know, the personification is beautiful. That's incredible. Maybe we should just stop right there. (laughs) 
well, you know, you know, I love so many things about understanding our, you know, our internal dialogue and what's coming from within us. And so this is, this is really fascinating. I mean, I think you've had a longer time to absorb this and really see how this works in your creative life, you know, in longer term. And so I, I, I think that's super interesting that it comes from within. Oh, there's Momo right on cue. Um, so Len, I have a question for you. <laughs> I know oh, the, gar- the guard dog. Yes. So I want to know how this, uh, if you believe it comes from inter- inside, how has this muse changed for you over time or has it even changed? Has it even changed? I, uh, part of me thinks it hasn't changed because uh, wilderness, mother nature, um, and I put humans in mother nature as well, um, humanity as well, and not the grubby bits I don't like, but um, those things have inspired me my whole life. And, and, you know, I started out wanting to be a wilderness photographer and uh, I wanted to save the world through taking photographs of trees and trying to stop people cutting them down. And that like I knew that at 16 or 17. I don't know why or how, but I knew that and I I passionately pursued it. And then, you know, I've gone on this huge circle in life and I've come back to that as still an absolute passion. So maybe some of that hasn't changed. Maybe some of that was set in stone when I was a child and like I was reminiscing only the other day about my favourite album as a kid and it was Pete Seeger, God Bless the Grass. And there's all of these political songs in there about environmentalism and looking after the planet and about garbage and building little boxes. And the the very clear message is saving the planet and um, looking after the environment. And like they were the foundations that come through. So in that sense, I don't think the muse has changed much, that they were set quite young on and I'm exploring those and... um, I've had all these other life experiences that have opened me up to other things that could actually inspire me and take me. But the the big thing has changed is uh, how I internally handle this and learn to use it. So when I was beginning, I was running on intuition. So I made my artworks uh, as a young person intuitively without this thinking and then I got sidetracked by thinking for you know 30 years or 40 years into trying to make better art and figure it all out and became an intellectual exercise and and now I'm going back to well how do I actually just feel it again like how do I well it up and actually follow it as an emotional thing so my understanding of it has really really shifted and grown and obviously I'm exploring it and wanting to know you know, where does this creative force come from? And is even the muse the right word? Uh, it's a word that gets bandied about and so many people says, oh, I can't wait to meet my muse. And uh, they're talking about a personification of an energy that's actually within us. Like, how messed up is that? Like, we've been <laughs> sold a dream. By, it's like finding uh, your this... soulmate or something, you know, you're... Oh, you, totally. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I've had these conversations with friends, you know, how can you find, what if your one soulmate is on the other side of the world and you never meet them and you're continually looking for them? And, you know, I think there's so many, well, this is just a, an aside, but I also think it's pertinent. 
I think there's so many different, I mean, my husband and I have had these conversations. I think there's so many different kinds of people I could have loved, you know, or I could love. And, um, and I think that's very, Mm. you know, you know what I mean? I think if we have love within us to give, which is the internal part, then we can love all kinds of different people uh, or like in this instance, in, if we relate it to art and creativity, all kinds of different subjects or, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how that, I, I assume it applies to, it all applies to people of, you know, that create all kinds of art, you know, poets, writers, you know, everything. So I get this Lynn, that this idea that maybe we're, maybe it's something that we're born with and maybe we don't even have to really understand it to know that it's there, to know that it influences us, you know? And like, I think back when I was really starting to photograph, I know some of my, I had some images published in, um, in your journal and I remember, and I, I don't know if I remember talking about this at all, but I, I have always loved geology and rocks and being able to then express that through my camera kind of took me back to being a kid and, and that Mm. internal, like, oh my gosh, I love this. You know, I love this so much. And why, like, why is that? Why do I love it? And maybe I don't have to actually understand it to then be able to seek out more of that or more of that kind of subject, because I know that it gives me like this amazing creative energy. It, It feeds my all all kinds of things like it, I don't know, it makes my art feel so much better when I can head in the direction that my muse wants me to go, if you want to put it that way. Mm. I, I actually believe something very similar that love is boundless and that love and creativity are probably very much similar things uh, uh, and work in very similar ways. Um, the more you love, the more that comes in. And, uh, Creativity is like that too. The, the more you creative energy you have, the more that comes in and the more that goes out and uh, it's boundless. And, and I really believe love's like that as well, that it's boundless. And uh, the more you have, the more you have to give. And I think as a, an aside or, or, or going in the opposite direction, a lot of people like to externalize creativity as a, a force so that it becomes a convenient excuse when it falls flat. And uh, a lot of artists do this you know, you write a novel, it's a runaway success. I've got a friend and she was a, she's a photographer. Um, she put a photo, a self-portrait in a award one. The shock of winning and that um, expectation that she then put on herself and uh, writers do this too, that they became so blocked that making the next artwork was impossible. Like how can I ever measure up to what I've already done if it was the most brilliant thing I've ever done? And we end up in this terrible, terrible um, circle of self-destruction and a, a really good way to get out of that is to expl- is explain it as well. Well, the muse didn't show up. Uh, uh, it's an external force. And uh, what we do need to get out of that, we need to work on ourselves. Like we need to understand what the hell's going on. You know, maybe we even, you know, we, we a lot of self-reflection in there to to sort that out. And, and to not blame others or to blame some magical force out there. Um, when I turn it in, 
and it does and the muse doesn't turn up or my creativity doesn't turn up, there's only one person to blame. And that's, that's me. Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I have to work on me. Right. <laughs> this is such a good way to explain like like there's no excuses, right? We can yeah. we can create this for ourselves. And like um, you know, I teach these confidence workshops and I tell people like it's not something you're born with. Confidence isn't something you're born with. It's you can like create this. And I think creativity is the same way. We can become more and more creative. And it's not just something that magically happens to us. Like this is what this podcast is all about is that we can help it. Like we can help move it along for our own selves. And I love this idea of this, you know, internal, there's no excuses, y'all. If, if you believe it this way, there's no excuses. And I just think sometimes we want that reason to stop. And so we sometimes create these little, these little things for ourselves surrounding something so that we don't have to keep moving forward because sometimes it's scary to, to do that. You know, I also think that understanding this idea of the creative muse coming from internal, you know, with like, I think this is such a great reason to continue to experiment in our work because we don't know, like, how do I know, um, unless I try things, what's going to spark my creativity. And, um, you know, we've done an episode or probably more on that too. And, And I love the idea of experimentation because, it really allows us to be free and to see if it's something that we're inspired by and, and not you talked about, I think in that, in our episode where we talked called play, you talked about taking risks, but I don't even think it's risky. I think that there's just no expectations in that moment. And so we can just allow ourselves to check in with ourselves internally and like, Am I, am I feeling inspired by this? Like, what is this, you know, what's happening here? Like, what am I so like, why was I drawn to this and start asking ourselves all of these, all of these questions internally. And then if we do find ourselves being drawn to it, like, how can I create this more? How can I create more of this? Because I want more creativity. You know, I want to be drawn to different things that, that kind of ignite my creative passions, you know? Are you happy I said passions? Yes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very much so. And so um, if we went back, what was my original question? Um, uh, How does it show up for me? I'm so surprised yeah, I remembered. So, I'm surprised so I remembered this. <laughs> let's ask that question again. How does the muse show up for you? And so now you've probably got a clear answer to that. Okay. All right. So, well, more clear. I feel like it's still a little muddy, but <laughs> anyway, it's, it's more muddy. clear. All right. So, um, yeah, Len, I don't know if I said this a bit at the beginning, but Len said he was going to throw me into the deep end. And I was like, wait, <laughs> it's the water is too cold. We got to warm it, it up. It goes first. two ways. So that's, uh, <laughs> right. that's good. It's oh good. yeah. Yeah. Always. Um, how does it show up for me? Yeah. I think I still am wanting to I think I'm going to need some time. I'll answer your question, but this is just a side note. I think I'm going to need some time to absorb this idea more because I still want to treat my muse as something external. And I really do want to, right. And I do want to take some time to, to treat it actually internally because I love, I, I love this idea. So how does it show up? 
I feel like it's my, this is my creative spirit. And I, and I kind of sometimes think of this, my creative spirit as maybe it is my muse, this internal muse showing me, I'm going to call her a her because it's like, she's my <laughs> friend, my creative spirit. And she like takes me and shows me the way to go. <laughs> so mm. like, if I, if I said it was internal and I went to white sands and I drove in, I would say, okay, muse, where do we want to go today? And then she would say, park in this parking lot and head over that dune. And then I would go, okay, and now which direction do I want to go? I mean, I'm tracking myself the whole time so I can find my way back to my car. <laughs> but like, if we're talking about something internal versus making the dunes my muse, where does my creative spirit guide me? And how does that creative muse direct me? That's maybe how she shows up. You can call mm. that the muse, whatever you want. Right. But this is just how I'm relating to it right now. <laughs> I've got a, a woman on my shoulder just behind me and, um, Many a, a spiritual person has seen it and um, even had conversations with them, although I haven't actually, I can't talk to this, what's there. And uh, this is opposite to what I was just saying about the internal, but I've had many a uh, um, uh, miraculous um, help from intuition and from this, uh, whatever it is there that's been supporting her whisperings or whatever they are that's actually have guided me. And I've got, you know, my favorite story of this is uh, my dear friend Haley and I got lost bushwalking and, um, or just a little bit, we were a bit geographically misplaced. And um, we, it was a very, very hot day and we ran out of water and we'd been told there was water where we were going to camp and we were checking out a, a, a recce for a, a, to take um, our students there and we ran out of water and we get to camp and um, – uh, Haley says, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm so thirsty. I've got to find water. And I get the map out and we're camped on a creek, but it's underground. So we, there's no water <laughs> at all. And uh, I get the map out and I stare at the map and go, oh, well, I'm going to, and I actually walk half a kilometer into the bush with my, this is in the middle of the night with my compass, come back and you know, like pushing through scrub, which, you know, bushes out of the way, come back. And couldn't find it. And I'm like, and I'm still thirsty. And I sat down. I went, oh no, stuff it. I'm going to try again. And I put the map down this time. And we left, I put it, there was a light on the tent. And I just, I picked a direction and I wandered off into it. And um, at 400 meters, I fell into a water hole. Like I basically stepped into it and then I got water, came back, we drank, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to find it the next day, it was the only one. <laughs> like, up and down the creek I walked, there's one hole and it's about a meter, you know, three foot round where the, the creek was exposed enough to get water. And when I put the map down and just went intuitively, I walked into it. And so that's that person on my shoulder looking after me in times of need. And uh, I have great faith in her and it is a woman and uh, she's an older woman and she's, she's there very, very strongly supporting and, and looking after me. But in, in terms of um, this spirit, I don't know. Well, when we go to intuition and uh, this internal things, they're feelings and we are learning to follow our feelings. And I'll, I will I'll sit here and tell you for hours how much more emotional I've become 
the more in tune I become with my art as I'm learning to feel my body and all these things that are going on. So to become a better artist, I've become better at feeling and listening to those feelings and following them and, you know, oh, this direction, oh, that road, uh, I'm going over there. Like, yes. And, uh, there's always something beautiful where we go and, you know, but we're following this sort of drawing path to get there and it's uh, absolutely magic. And I don't think it matters where our beliefs are. Like what matters, like it doesn't matter if it, uh, we, um, you know, it's a, a, an external spirit that we're just talking about or whether it's in within or it comes from a collective consciousness like or from a, 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 an external um uh, omnipresent being, um, all these things, what matters is how we use it and uh, how we learn to listen and follow and get inspired by it. So uh, I, I'm sure the muse shows up for you regularly and uh, it doesn't matter where it comes from, but uh, learning to pursue it and follow it and get excited by it and feel it as it's coming and, and go, oh, oh, it's, it's, this is getting exciting and then off you do pursuing it. And uh, when we do this, the art just pours out of it, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. And it might not even be good art. That doesn't matter because no. the whole world disappears. When the muse is there, mm-hmm. uh, when the creative spirit is there, when we're in totally engaged in creativity for um, the, the scientific of us, like when we're fully immersed in creativity, the rest of the world disappears. And that's the moment that we're chasing. It's addictive, absolutely addictive. I love that we like kind of took this to a, a, like kind of a spiritual place, you know, but um, I love how you're talking about feeling this. And what's so interesting is that it has been my experience over the past few years as I've learned through becoming a better photographer and a better artist is really learning how to listen to my intuition and mm. feeling more. So I'm having similar experiences to you where I'm actually more in touch with my emotions than I ever have before. In fact, uh, I think I think it's something that a lot of us overlook. I sent out, so I send out these, um, I send out these weekly emails are called Monday motivation emails. And I literally sent on Monday this like motivation is an emotion. It's a feeling. And I, I want people to tap into that and remember how it feels and what it feels like in your body and what is it fueling for you. And so, because it's so important to allow ourselves instead of going, Ooh, as like, we just sometimes don't even recognize when we're feeling inspired or we're feeling motivated and we just go with it instead of like taking a moment. This is what I said. Take a minute and just bask in this emotion because when we feel motivated, it's so energizing and same with being inspired and having this muse, like, you know, this internal muse speak to you, you know, I I think it's really important to sit with that. So we remember what it feels like so that we can continue to follow it and follow it and follow it. And I just think this idea is so amazing. I'm so glad we talked about this today. You've, you've raised a point for me there in that talking and um, I'm, it's going through my head so fast that I have to get it out and, and express it, that we can learn to summon the muse. Mm-hmm. And through practice, through understanding, um, we don't have to wait for it to arrive. We don't have to wait for um, the creative idea to appear. 
Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and the light bulb goes off and then, oh, I know what I'm going to go and paint today. Um, that doesn't have to happen. <laughs> it does happen. I've got a notebook next to my bed. We can learn to put ourselves into the situations where and uh, prepare ourselves so that it starts to come. And then as it starts to come, we can feed it and uh, nurture it and actually make it happen. And uh, that is so, so exciting that we can actually, oh, what's the right word? Summon her, summon the muse. We don't have to wait for it to arrive. We can summon it when we need it. Mm, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. So helpful for understanding like creative blocks too. Like, and that's a whole different conversation. I feel like we've had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. We have to keep exploring these things because the key to art and, uh, you know, what you and I are talking about all the time here is understanding this mental game that we have to go through, these gymnastics, this training that we have to put ourselves through to become good to actually um, perform. And our performance is our artworks. And uh, it's, yeah, that's sort of the thing that you and I are obsessed about and we talk about all the time. We sure do. <laughs> so beautifully <laughs> because it's, uh, that's the magic that we're both interested in. Yeah. We said passion and we said magic again. <laughs> <laughs> I have another little idea just to, because um, we're coming to the end, I think. And uh, I feel it. Yeah. You know how you, you, you said uh, that? Uh, let's talk about it as an as a noun. I'm going to have to go and check what my nouns and things are. I've got another one of those for you. And um, okay, let's change the word art. I got this from a writer, and I'll have to actually do a lot of research to find who said this. But what happens when we change art to a verb, and it's a, becomes a doing word? So we go and do art. Now there's uh, there's a little brain twister for us to um, discuss. Write that down because that should be a podcast episode. <laughs> Guys. Oh, okay. I'll put it on our list. That's easy. You know, you know, some some loyal listener is out there is writing all these things down and they're like, when are when are they gonna talk about that? So, we just don't know. <laughs> if there's something that we talk, here's here's my invitation to you. If if you've been listening to this podcast and you heard us say, Oh, hey, we're gonna talk about this, and you really want to hear about that, or there's a topic that you really want to hear about message us. You can find us on Instagram at a creative affair underscore podcast, or you can email us at create at creative affair podcast.com. I think that's the email. Um, or you can, anyway, you can find us all over the place. You can email me and Lynn separately anyway, any way you want to do it. But if there's a topic that you're dying for us to, uh, kind of chew on and take apart, like we'd love to talk about it. <laughs> So this one and, is um, really, this was fun. Bree and I are also um, uh, obsessed with conversations. Yep. And uh, we would really, really love to have conversations with you. So if you want to start a conversation with us, this is an invitation again. Um, reach out to us and start one and we're happy to, um, to talk to you and uh, uh, see where things go. So, wow, Bree, what a, what a fantastic episode that was. And uh, Thank you for pushing me into it. I was, as we were starting, I was saying, I'm not sure I'm ready for this one yet, Bree, but uh, obviously I was, and uh, it was a fantastic discussion. <laughs> so. It was. That's the thing is, 
like you have pushed me in ways. What I love about this, this conversation is you have pushed me in ways. You're like, we're going to talk about this. And I'm like, I'm like breathing fast. Oh, I don't know if I could talk about that. And then I do. And it's great. And I was like, you know what? Lennis had so much time to think about this. We just need to do this one. So I felt it. My muse told me that we need to talk about this one today. That's right. And um, <laughs> that feeling that, that, you know, those butterflies and that fear, we're also, we've been talking about that in our podcast. It's the same as creativity, isn't it? Like we just have to relax and go with it and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pursue some of these feelings because that on the other side of them is where the magic happens. 100%. All right. <laughs> Y'all. I'm going to go put my fuzzy robe on. I'm excited about it. It's really (laughs) cold here in Texas, but I think our conversation is over. Lynn, it was so great. I loved it. I loved it. And we hope you did too. So I think it's time to say goodbye. Bye all. Bye everyone. (laughs) Y'all. It's like one syllable. Y'all. Okay. Bye. Bye y'all. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing and leaving us a review. To find out more about Bree's work, including her gorgeous photography and mentoring in her Creative Confidence Group Coaching Program, please visit her at creativemindscoach.com. If you'd like to learn more about creative photography, you can find me at lenmetcalf.com, where you can find links to my photography school, videos and publications. I would so love you to sign up to my newsletter. Well, until next time, it's time to say goodbye.